0: Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is the Big Show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
1: Uh, uh, This
0: is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show Gordon Monson Jake Scott 975 and 1280 The Zone it's Time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the coach let's get out to the Zone phone joining us now of course longtime Utah Jazz assistant coach he joins us each and every Monday our good friend coach Gordon Chiesa what's going on coach
1: Jake I'm doing well thank you good to hear from you
2: Hey, I appreciate that, uh, Coach. We love having you on every single week. Always uh, love getting a little wisdom from you. Let's let's start out, though, uh, talking diagnosing what happened on Saturday night. The Jazz unexpectedly lose to Minnesota. The T-Wolves played hard, played that pressure D, and uh, the Jazz couldn't score.
1: Very much that. one hundred one ninety six, 96 unfortunate loss for the Jazz. It all started on defense, the intensity level, Jake, by the T-Wolves. They were in and out of the passing lane, causing havoc, and they were absolutely the more physical team that night. And then the lane defense, they got a lot of ball strips as far as when the Jazz players went up way too uh, strong, way too, uh, finesse, I should say, and they lacked the strength and physicality to finish, and that created so many turnovers and miscues. And the last part about that is that the T-Wolves scored 23 points off the Jazz 20 turnovers, and that was the game.
2: When uh, coach uh, from the sidelines, when you're coaching a team, can you tell when the focus isn't there? I mean, that's something Coach Snyder talked about in the post game. That's got to be frustrating from that standpoint. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, you can tell on the sidelines is how the the lack of um, velocity is whether it's cutting, ball movement, spacing, defensively, uh, being in, with technique. Uh, uh, double-teaming in the post and sprinting out of it, uh, going to the, both the boards, offense and defense. So the lack of focus, a lot of it is, is, the, is the, really the, um, the deficit of physicality. So focus and physicality are always in play.
2: Uh, Coach, give, me, give us your thoughts on the number one pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards. I thought he played great on Saturday.
1: He sure did. He's, uh, he's so young also. He's only 19 years young. And so think about him, Jake. Visualize him when he's 25. As far as having six years experience in the NBA, how gifted and talented he is. The game on Saturday night here in Salt Lake City, he gets... um, 23 points, 9 rebounds, but here's really the interesting part about it. 5 steals and 4 assists. So it was a tremendous all-around effort. Besides scoring the ball, he impacted the team. He is absolutely gifted, and he is a guy that they can go forward with as far as them trying to make the playoffs. uh, Definitely next year. Ironically, Jake, the the T-Wills are already out of the playoffs. They've been eliminated uh, yesterday when other teams won. He's so
2: athletic, Coach. I mean, he really passes the eye test. Uh, this, this may be an obvious question. I, I'm not sure. But who's, who was the most naturally athletic player that you've seen?
1: LeBron James?
2: Yeah, it's probably pretty obvious. No,
1: Le- right? LeBron James, you see, uh, incredible as far as – and still is at age 36 – and you know it's interesting, Jake, with LeBron type people, because he's injured right now. None of us talking about him, but I'm sure he's resting. Uh, he's resting his high ankle sprain. When he comes back, minus the first, you know, game or two. As far as being slightly rusty, he'll be ready for the fray. So he's absolutely gifted. And a lot of times, Jake, a person could be gifted athletically, but makes players great is when they combine the, their athletic gifts with, uh, with the basketball savvy and the skill level to be once in a gener- generational player, and that's LeBron-type people.
2: LeBron's built like Carl, moves like John, Coach.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I always said that he's built like Carl Malone, but after that he moves like Magic Johnson as far as the way he's pass happy. And when you when you have a length you can pass over the defense and that makes in jazz basketball so interesting is Joe Angles. It's Joe being six foot eight. a lot of times when a switch defense guards him, he has the luxury of passing over small defenders and that's besides innately, that makes him such an effective passer. Speaking of joe last game he goes one for nine which is very uncharacteristic because we know joe is is the best three-point shooter in the nba so hopefully tonight in uh a, in uh a, in a minneapolis that he can get his shooting touch back again
2: if you had a six man of the year vote coach would you vote for ingles or clarkson or which one would you pick
1: i'd vote for jordan clarkson but joe is absolutely closing the gap and he would be second so Jordan B1, again, it's his whole body of work. He's an absolutely instant offense, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. And I know he struggled on Saturday. And I was by the good defense by uh, uh, Josh uh, Okoji and also by uh, the switch defense by uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So both him and uh, Jordan and uh, Joe both struggle with the guys playing defense as far as on him. My vote, my uh, Jay, here's my top five as far as six men of the year. All right, number, f- number five would be Derrick Rose, Number three, four would be, excuse me, Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. Three would be Montrezl Howell of the Clippers. Two would be Joe Ingles. And one would be uh, Jordan Clarkson, which is really a great award where you're sixth men of the year, which means that you come off the bench, you're instant offense, but you impact the game.
2: This is not jazz-related, Coach, but what about uh, you? Mentioned Derrick Rose. Um, the Knicks are the hottest team in the league. Uh, Julius Randle is playing at an unbelievable level. I mean, even people who thought he'd be good when he was young in the league never imagined he'd be this good. What about Tibbs? Uh, is it that gets his gets the most out of his teams? What does he do as a coach?
1: He keeps it simple, but there's a huge accountability. So every day, Jake as far as the reason why Knicks are first in the NBA in defense, again, without being so technical, they do these closeout drills, which means that when the ball goes to the corner on a skip pass, everybody is, has technique-driven, gets to the corner to challenge the three-point shot. We know the corner jump, the corner three is 22 feet, and that's a makeable shot. And ironically, Jake, in jazz basketball, the T-Wolves, remember the game on Saturday night, a lot of those steals they got in the game were what? On that corner pass where they perfectly executed the T wolves of getting there. In Knickerbocker basketball, everybody does it. So whether you're big or small, they have enough uh, technique and tenacity to guard the corner three. So they, defensively, they're absolutely superior. And you know what happens, Jake? When you play solid defense, you suddenly discover your offense. I can't explain it, Jake. But the ball always finds you in transition when you play offense, so defense. So when you're running down the floor after playing a, a solid defense, the ball somehow finds you. Or a broken play, the ball finds you, suddenly you score. So defense leads to offense, and that's the Knicks right now. They're the hottest team in the NBA. They've won nine in a row. The Witches have won eight in a row uh, back east right now. And the Knicks... Uh, uh, heading to the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2013 which would be 8 years now which is great.
2: Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on 975 and twelve eight of the zone back to the Jazz coach they have Minnesota again tonight. Uh what ad- adjustments or what do the Jazz need to do better to get a better outcome for themselves tonight as opposed to Saturday.
1: Well the first thing is that they got to figure out how they want to play uh how they want to play as far as um, call Anthony Towns. He hurt them, both inside and outside. So Rudy or Derek Favors or Boyan Bondanovich, who they've guarded him uh, with, a, with a smaller guy out there, you've got to pressure him. So even though he's a big guy, he does have skills. So the question is, can you have enough tenacity and, and a cushion stance to take away a dribble drive, but, but enough what challenging to contest his uh, long three-point shot? And he impacted that game as far as when he needed baskets. So so defensively, how do you want to go at quality towns? The second thing is that you've got to realize that if they – Go out to the corner, Jake, on that three-point shot as far as taking away the Jazz, that gives you now the middle game. So the Jazz had a hard time finishing in the mid-range game. They shot 40% from three, even though they had had all those turnovers, but they didn't finish in the middle game. So I'm assuming that they're going to take away the Jazz three-point shot. So with Jordan and Joe and Mike Conley, when those guys drive to the basket, Boyan, they've got to finish at that middle game, that 14-footer, consistently the win on the road. And ironically, Jake, it's so crazy. The Jets only have four home losses this year. They've lost twice to the T Wolves, and the other 28 teams in the league, they've lost a total of only two times. It's amazing. How crazy, Jake? Now we said that back in uh, uh, back in um, uh, uh, back in October, November, December, that we'd say, "What are you? What are you crazy? What are you tripping?" That the T Wolves would have would beat the Jazz twice. Well, it's happened, and that's the beauty of basketball. You think you know, you know nothing.
2: Yeah, and I'll throw a, an opinion uh, at you real quick here, sure. Coach. Uh, and if if I'm totally wrong, please tell me. But it seemed to me that they they really missed Donovan Mitchell against Minnesota over the weekend. And I know that you know, hot take alert. They missed their best offensive player. You know, lo and behold, but the way that Minnesota plays that pressure D, the Jazz, uh, you know, Mike Conley can beat his guy off the dribble, but you know, they needed. Donovan Mitchell and his ability to beat his guy to make him pay for, for playing that defense. Am I far off?
1: No, you're right on point. You're exactly right. And so, when, they, when Joe and, and Boyan did it, they couldn't finish. But we know Donovan is a superior finisher, again, in the mid-range game. And so when he penetrates... It opens up the three-point shooting because now the defense is frozen. Do I help as far as a, a Donovan Mitchell, who can finish, either go over the top or around you, or do I, uh, do I pause and play like a, a fake defense where I come at you and come back in coverage? And that simple thing as far as Donovan's ability to penetrate and to make plays Gives the Jazz an advantageous advantage. All So without Donovan Mitchell right now, here's the mess, Jake. The Jazz are two and two. They won. They lost in overtime to the Lakers. Then they won Lakers the next game. Then they beat the Rockets and now they lost to the at home. They lost to the T-Wolves. So Donovan's uh, there's right now they're two and two without Donovan Mitchell. Now all teams have injuries, but that you can see the Jazz need his all-around play, and he's such a, 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 a great clutch performer. When you uh, last five minutes of a game, get the ball to Donovan. He makes things happen.
2: What I want to ask you about the referees, Coach, not to, to say, boy, were they bad on Saturday, but more, it was so weird. They, uh, An official, I believe Billy Kennedy, if I'm yeah, not Bill wrong, got yeah, hurt. yeah yep. he, he gets hurt. That's the second time uh, that that's happened to the Jazz this year with the same official, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Yeah, where they go from three to two. Have, I mean, is that weird that that's happened twice this year? And do you think that that did have an effect on how that game was played, at least on Saturday?
1: Well, it's weird because it's the same guy and Jake, for a reference point. Oh, by the way, when the Jazz start the playoffs on May 22nd, there's always a fourth official sitting right there at courtside. so in case someone gets ill or has an injury, that that fourth guy now becomes the third guy. So now it's old school, just like uh, Jake, a high school basketball with his two referees, or a summer league game with his two referees, meaning as far as high school or college, as far as pickup games, and it was weird. So you have to adjust. So there was some physicality where when the Jazz did penetrate there was bumping and uh, grinding they didn't call it you've got to absorb the contact and play so it was weird but you've got to understand that there'll be less whistles because the referees don't get a true vision of every single play It's all part of the game you have to adjust the Jazz are slow to, to it for the, to the adjustments.
2: I know the Suns lost yesterday, but the Jazz uh, faced them on Friday this week. Are you surprised that the Suns are this good? I think most of us thought the Suns would be a little better with Chris Paul, certainly, but I mean, second in the West and playing as well as they are now, do you expect that?
1: Yes, I did, because when Chris Paul's on your team, everything falls into place because you've got a once in a lifetime floor leader that's an unbelievable shooter, doesn't think shot. He's a really tre- t- tremendous defensive player, both on and off ball, and his leadership skills are superior. So he uplifts Devin Booker, who we know is a major talent. He, uh, the young fella, uh, Mikel Bridges, he's having a career year. Uh, Cameron Payne, who is off the scrap heap, has played well for them. Jay Crowder, former Jazzman, has played well. DeAndre Ayton, who's a young talent, has absolutely uh, played much harder. And then uh, Dario Savage, uh, as far as has played uh, well for them, too. So not surprising and an interesting with the Suns is that the Suns have the tiebreaker in the jazz. So just say as far as the arithmetic if the uh if the Jets have it already. If the Jets and the Suns tie regular season, the first seed will go to the Suns. Because the Suns right now are 2-0. It could be 3-0 or it could be 2-1. And that game is going to be on Friday night. But it would be in the meantime, the Suns, Jake, have a tough game tonight against the Knickerbockers in the Garden. And then they have a tough game after playing five games on the East Coast. They come back on Wednesday to the Valley of the Sun to play the Clippers on Wednesday night. And then the Jazz on Friday. So let's hope that in the Jazz point of view that those guys lose some games and the Jazz not come out more importantly on Friday.
2: Coach, Michael Conley is now an Oscar winner, uh, won an Oscar last night. And you've known uh, you know, Mike for a long, long time going back to your days uh, with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies organization. And I guess uh, take this question wherever you want. Tell us, tell us about the Mike Conley you know. Tell us about him as a person.
1: He's very humble. And uh, when we had him, uh, he was 19 years old. He was uh, the fourth pick of the draft back in 2008. And so I saw his whole maturation as far as a person into a basketball player. And uh, he gets it. He's a smart, intelligent guy And uh, as far as uh, off the court. And then on the court, he's add, add to that, is that he's, he's highly skilled. And he's really a very a quiet leader. He's not as far as Demonstrative, but he leads by example. And he's a, he's a professional player, and he's played well for the Jazz this season. And he's a free agent on um, August 1st. So I'm interested to see how it plays out as far as his career with the Jazz, what happens with him, and if, if he stays or he moves on. And but more, more importantly, he's, he's had a terrific career as far as this is his 14th year in the NBA.
2: All right, Coach, I understand, speaking of Mike Conley, your list is Mike Conley-related.
1: Yes, it is, Jake. So, Mike Conley, what Jake was talking about on Friday night, Mike Conley got his 5,000 assists. He got seven assists versus the T-Wolves, which now he has 5,003 career, which puts him, Jake, 67th all-time on the NBA regular season career list. So what I did is, Jake, the top 10 NBA regular season career assist leaders, number 10. Gary Payton, 8,966, he played for 17 years. Number nine, Isaiah Thomas, 9,061, he played for 13 years. Number eight, he still plays for the Lakers. He's hurt right now. This is his 18th season. He has 9,669 assists, LeBron James. Number seven, one of the all-time great players, Oscar Robinson 9,887, played for 14 years. Number six, the Magic Man, meaning Magic Johnson. 10,141, he played for the Lakers 13 years. Number five, Jake, segue also, we just talked a minute ago, Chris Paul, his fifth all-time assist leader. This is his 16th season. Chris has amassed 10,169. Number four, former jazz man, played for the Knicks, also the Pacers, Mark Jackson, 10,334. Number three, Steve Nash, coach of the Brooklyn Nets, third all time, 10,335 in 18 years. Number two, played mostly with the Brook, with the New Jersey Nets a long, long time ago, terrific player, Jason Kidd, has second all-time with 12,091 assists. He played for 19th season and number one by far. Before I say his name, we all know his name already. He has 3,715 more assists than Jason Kidd. So, again, 3,715 more than the second-place honoree. John Stockton has 15,806 assists in 19 unbelievable seasons. Thus... That's my list of assists. And Jake, you know what an assist? A assist, assist makes three people happy: one, the score; two, the passer; three, the head coach.
2: Is that the uh, most unbreakable record in sports at the moment?
1: Either that, Jake, or in baseball, the fifty-six game hitting streak.
2: Yeah, that's what do you right. think?
1: Either or. I mean, in baseball, think about it, Jake. 56 straight games to, hit, to get a hit. I mean, you could be a, an incredible hitter, but some of it's luck also. And for the young listeners, we're talking about uh, Joe DiMaggio, this guy that played in yesteryear was an incredible hitter. He had 50, 56, 56 straight games. All right, John Stockton, as far as this generation, more importantly, is, of, is of, again, 3,715 more than Jason Kidd.
2: So here's my argument why I would say – because I thought of that one, Coach. Great minds think alike. Here's my argument for why Stockton would be more. is because you could have multiple opportunities in one given season to match DiMaggio. Not likely, granted, but you'd have multiple opportunities. There are guys who are two or three years into their career as NBA players – that have been totally eliminated, right? Because correct. you'd have to average assists at such a rate for the remainder of the year, it would basically make it impossible. Like, I don't even know if there's anybody currently playing that could possibly ba- break that record.
1: That is correct. And you were talking, as far, just as far as the math of it, generally speaking, a guy would have to average probably over 10 assists for 15, 16, 17 years. That's John. John's average for 19 years, 10.5 assists. So, Jake. It's almost like every game you get double-digit assists. Yes. Remember, you might be pass-happy yourself, but by the way, my teammates are in a shooting slump. They can't finish. I pass the ball on time, on target, for the three-point shot. And, wow, what a di- – man, what's up with this guy, my, my floor mate? He's missed <laughs> seven straight shots in a row, even though I'm giving a great passes.
2: Yep. Well, Coach, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for jumping on with us, and we'll catch you next week. Actually, uh, likely just uh, not going to have me next week, Coach. So hold down the four while I'm gone, will you?
1: Well, Jake, you will be missed by all. And next week, again, it's the Jazz playing next Monday night again. And uh, let's hope that the Jazz will win tonight in uh, Minneapolis. Jake, stay well.
2: Thanks, Coach. There's our good friend Coach Gordon Chiesa uh, jumps on with us uh, on uh, on Mondays. Yeah, it's fun to talk to Coach about Mike Conley because, uh, as Coach mentioned there, he was with the Grizzlies when uh, they drafted Mike, and uh, he's known him for a long, long time. And I, I wanted to ask him that question because I, I find Mike Conley really interesting. He seems like a, an incredibly well-adjusted, well-rounded human being. Uh, you know, you're doing all the jazz pre-half and post. Uh, sit here and, and uh, listen to every post-game media opportunity, you know, here. Uh, and you get to know kind of the different personalities and how how guys uh, approach situations. And, and Mike is always interesting. He's always got an extraordinarily level-headed take on the situation, which I appreciate, which I would, uh, would imagine is part of the reason that he's so popular um, in the locker room and such a good leader and has been throughout his career because he's just got that – you know, he's, he seems like a kind of a normal, rational, level-headed dude who can uh, uh, tackle life's challenges and not break a sweat. I mean, he's just got kind of that aura about him. And then to uh, to be a co-producer on an Oscar-winning film is pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. So anyway, I wanted to get Coach's uh, take on on the Mike Conley that he's gotten to know over the years. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Rudy Gobert. His uh, his um, media availability today for shoot-around. So uh, stay tuned for that. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Rudy Gobert's availability straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What?
0: It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net.
2: Ring the 30-point bell. All right, the Utah Jazz currently sit in first in the Western Conference at 44 and 16, they are two games ahead of the Phoenix Suns. Here's Mike Conley talking about uh, the push for the playoffs.
3: Well, it, it really is tough to, to win in the playoffs, regardless of your seed, regardless who you have on your team. I mean, it's all about matchups at the end of the day. I've been a part of teams, you know, we were the eighth seed and we beat the one seed. I've been a part of teams we were the five seed and we make it to the conference finals. So, like, no matter what your seed is, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to refocus and relock in and take it team by team, game by game, because you know, it's not promised that you're going to get to the next round, no matter how good you did in the regular season or how, how much success you've had up until that point. It's a whole new season once the playoffs starts and, and we have to be thinking of it as that and get our swagger back and get our motivations in the right place and get our goals you know, right where they need to be so that we're ready to go for you know, the, the stretch run.
2: This bottom of the hour update is brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Jazz back at it tonight, taking on that very same Minnesota Timberwolves team they lost to on Saturday night, this time in Minneapolis. Tip-off coming your way a little after 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5.
0: Can't stop me now! This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 975, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Network.
2: sorry we ever brought that up. All right. Me too. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.8 of his own. Gordon, getting a little R&R out on vacation. He'll be back a week from tomorrow. I don't deserve vacation. Well, you're taking one anyway, Gordo. It's all right. It's all right. Probably somewhere tropical with a virgin Mai Tai or whatever Gordon does on vacation.
4: I, there, I do like to fantasize about Gordon. Yes, I fantasize Often. about Gordon. Yeah. I like to pretend or, or imagine that he doesn't have any money, doesn't have any means, but pretends he does. And all these love he takes to yeah, yeah. these tropical in-house butler service uh, places, he's actually just at the uh, Holiday Inn in, in uh, Fairfield uh, or, or Penguich, or, or he's down at a dude ranch in Kanab, right. or at the Days Inn in Clearfield just for a week. That's what I like to imagine. To
2: just imagine? Yeah. Or when, didn't he, he always tells us those stories where he went on trek with his kids. I, I, <laughs> the pioneer trek? Uh, yeah. I, I, I wish that was his vacation. That's <laughs> what I'm going to imagine every time. The one where he didn't hike, where he just drove from spot to spot, and then talk, he always. when we always bring this up, he always talks about, well, you know, somebody had to move the car, so I, I volunteered. You know when
4: they were like, all right, and uh, we're going to have Brother Monson do be on the pioneer trek everyone else was like please no please no give him something to do give him something to do right now please
2: do you have a column to write or something (laughs) you know
4: it's hot why is it so hot out (laughs) here this is ridiculous Do you ever notice how much dust is in the wilderness this is the guy that said (laughs) the pioneers should have just stayed in Missouri (laughs) where they were being exterminated
2: (laughs) this is not anyway Anywho, yeah, well I don't think he's on track this time. Or in Clarefield. Unfortunately. All right, should we hear from Rudy? This is uh, let's go ahead and listen to Rudy Gobert's uh shoot around availability today. Well I'll I'll start with Mike and being an Oscar winner and your thoughts on that and, and how you were able to share that moment with him.
3: That's uh it's amazing, you know, being able to um, First, use this platform. You know, use these resources to you know create, help create something that uh you know can uh impact people's perception. You know, it's uh, it's, it's big and uh and winning the, the the Oscar. You know, it's you know I think as you know NBA players, it just shows you that uh you know we're not just NBA players. You know, we can you can uh do whatever you want to do in life. And uh, I think it's inspiring, you know, for all of us and for the, the younger guys coming up, too. Hey, Rudy, and also you made a donation. I just wanted to ask you real quick about that, the donation that you made via Twitter um, to that girl and her family. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I saw that on Twitter and uh, I try to do, do my part, you know, to, to help. And, you know, I, I like to do that sometimes. Sometimes... People find out, sometimes they don't, but, uh, you know, be able to change people's lives. You know, it's always, uh, for me, it's always a cool thing to do. Even if it's, you know, usually a little random, uh, you know, anytime I can impact somebody's life in a positive way, you know, it's uh, something that, you know, and since I was a little kid, my mom told me to do that, and uh, it's something that I always try try to do when I can. All right, next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, there's been
0: some discussion with you guys, you know, still being atop the NBA standings that you and Donovan could be, you know, kind of fringe MVP candidates. Uh, First off, what are your thoughts on that? And second, just as we know that you're someone who likes to improve his game in some way every year, what have you been working on this year? How do you
3: feel like you're better this year than you have been before? Regarding the MVP, I think uh, neither me or Donovan, I really, f- I'm focused on that right now. Uh, you know, I think for us, uh, for me, I speak for him, but I think, I think it's the same way uh, it's really about, you know, what we do as a team and we know that, uh, you know, that recognition, you know, doesn't mean much for us if we don't, if we don't win. And uh, I think that's pretty much the mindset that we all have in the team, you know. it's. We all try to give more to the team because we understand that at the end of the day, we, we're playing for something bigger. Bigger than us, you know, we're playing for a championship and, uh, you know, it would be better than any individual reward at the end. And uh, for myself, you know, I just, uh, just become better and better. You know, I've been putting a lot of work on all the little things that I think can, you know, help us as a team. Uh, my finishing, uh, my passing, you know, I uh, keep getting stronger, obviously. Uh, my free throws, all the stuff that I know that, uh, you know, on the long run can really uh, keep helping the team, you know, take another step. And I feel like we, we've taken a step this year. And, uh, you know, and uh, I feel like I haven't scratched even the, 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 the player that I can become. All right. Sarah Todd, Deseret News is next. Hey, Rudy. Um, the play-in
1: tournament has gotten kind of mixed reviews from players and
3: coaches. Um, obviously, it's a little bit more difficult for the scouts on every team. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that situation. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously, it's. it's, it's uh, I think it would be great to watch. You know, I think it would be, uh, you know, high-level basketball. And, uh, you know, you have a... Uh, whoever is going to be fighting for that spot uh, you know it's going to be some really good teams uh, with a lot of uh, you know superstar talent so it, you know it would be good to watch would I like to be in that tournament um, if you 10th yeah but if you if you finish 7th um, you know after battling all year yeah it's it's kind of tough if you're 7th and you you can lose your spot to the 10th seed um, you know I think it's cool for the for the game and for the for the viewers, for the fans. But yeah, the only position with stuff is if you seven or eight, you know. All right, uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what's Boyan what's, like as a teammate and kind of off-the-court person? Who, Boyan? What was the question?
0: Um, sorry, what is Boyan like as a teammate and as a off the court person?
3: Uh, it's a great guy. I mean, it's a, it's uh fun to be around. You know, just uh easy going and uh you know and uh enjoy life. But once you know, he's a competitor, so it's uh yeah, just you know one of my favorite guys because he's just you know he's just always himself. You know, always honest and uh great guy. And fun to be around. All right. And we have one last question. This will be from Tim McMahon, ESPN. What's up, Rudy? Um,
0: I got got two Joe Ingles questions for you. One, why does his ball fake still always work? And then two, this is kind of an Andy Larson nerdy style question. Um, how, how much of a difference has it made that he's worked to be able to, to go one dribble pull up to his right in, in your pick and roll game?
3: Uh, number one, the ball fake, I think because he's such a good passer and, uh, you know, he's able to find usually the, the the right read and the open man. You know, the, the, the defense is uh, it's almost like the defense is more worried about his passing and he opens up, you know, uh, opens up easy opportunities for him because passing is so dangerous and for example when i when we play the pick and roll and i'm rolling to the basket the the big is usually worried about me dunking on him or like me finishing off joe's pass so it's you know he's jumping on the pass and opening the lane for for joe's later later so it's it's a great weapon that we have and uh so just like the three, uh, you know, when the teams are about uh, want to take away his left hand, they send him right on the pick and roll, and he's about to knock down that three. And you know, it just makes him, it just makes our pick and roll and, and his game in general more lethal. And and uh, you know, if if the if the defense want to take away something, we're gonna he's gonna find something else to to punish them.
2: All right, there you go. That's Rudy Gobert. His availability for shoot around today, the Jazz. Have a game tonight in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Tip-off is at 6. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. Coming up next, we've got a market update for you. Mannix joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
0: What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires.
3: Just doing it big, you know.
0: Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
4: Jackson She tried to take me Upstairs For a ride
2: How about this? A little Flying Burrito Brothers cover Of the Rolling Stones? Yes please Wasn't Gordon trying to tell us He doesn't like covers? He hates covers That has to be the most Ludicrous opinion Gordon has ever come up with yeah, I love covers. Oh, love covers! I, you know what? I love going to a concert and you get a cover that you completely did not expect.
4: Yeah, and it's not necessarily better than the original. It's just different, and it's fun. It's fun to hear someone else do the Beatles, their take on it, and all that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun to hear someone else do, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Eagles, rather than always hearing Don Henley's voice.
2: I've heard three different bands play the song Scarlet Begonias, which happens to be one of my very favorite songs. I don't think I've heard that song. It's a it's a Grateful Dead song, which I saw the Dead play it. I've seen Fish play it and Crosby, Stills, and Nash play it randomly enough. And Those it, are three different bands? Crazy different bands who played way different versions of that song. And, uh, it, and uh, it was really good. I saw Ben Harper play uh, Superstition. Once that I didn't know that he had a version of that the the Stevie Wonder song.
4: See, I but might like Ben Harper if I listen to his covers. Oh, his covers! I don't are great. care for his originals.
2: Not not a big fan. No, no.
4: Too
2: I li- mellow. I like Ben. Ben. I like Ben Harper. But like the last time we I saw Ben Harper Trombone Shorty open for Ben Harper up at Deer Valley, and Ben Harper was just a huge letdown because Trombone Shorty was so good.
4: Oh, they were better. You don't want you don't want the uh, the lead in to be better than you.
2: No. Which is the reasoning why, to this day, I'm convinced that one time I saw Poison and they had Vince Neal open for them, and I'm pretty sure they hired Vince for that reason. Just
4: so, it'd be so bad <laughs> that no matter what they did, they were going to be really They could really miss good. all their notes,
2: and it would be better. I've seen Motley Crue as a band, and Vince was fine, but Vince Solo opening for Poison? Didn't you say he didn't know any of the words? None of the words. <laughs> he either didn't know them or was so hammered he just slurred right through them. <laughs> say, That'd be fun to see. He did a rendition of Kickstart My Heart where those were the only audible words that he sang the whole song. Kickstart my heart. Yeah, even the O and the yeah were. <laughs> Kickstart my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Where was, was that? It was at USANA. Oh, that's brilliant. It was. It was amazing. It's like, oh, Vince, it's having a rough go. And he couldn't have cared less, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he was just collecting a check. Sure, I'll open for Poison. Why not? You mean I'm done by 7.30 and I can <laughs> go do whatever? Yeah, sign me up. Anyway. Yeah, never have your opening band better than than you. But Ben Harper's all right. He's good. That was a good cover of Superstition. I'm with you. I love covers. You and I both love uh, Me First in the Gimme Gimme's. A total, uh, what genre would you say? Punk, ska, punk, rock, yeah. Cover band? Anyway. Should we get to the market update? That uh, is what we have on tap to do t- uh, during this segment. Brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now you can be a day trader. TryDayTrading.com. Austin, which one do you want to start with? All right, let's start with that. Uh, the S&P 500 today up by eight points. I'm just so happy. Uh, the Dow Jones down 62 points.
0: Weed is bad for you.
2: <laughs> that was funny. And the NASDAQ today up 122 points. Daddy's always happy. Underrated Gordon Hayward moment there. It's,
4: it's funny in audio, it's phenomenal in video, to well, watch
2: his demeanor, because he's just a defeated person. It, it, honestly, it's the reason that I, like, how you react in that moment, you know, you can never get that back. I, I made my wife delete... At least I think she did. Delete the video of her telling me that she was pregnant the first time. When you couldn't figure it out. When I could not figure it out she, because I'm she so you a, dumb. She gave you a spaghetti sauce and said "prego" on it. And I don't even like—I don't even like marinara sauce, which is exactly what I said. Ah. <laughs> There's this preeminent, beautiful miracle moment in your life.
4: You—I don't like marinara sauce. I don't even like. You marina. don't know me
2: at all. It, she's like, yeah, I have a gift for you. Imagine how confused I am. Like, oh, yeah, sweet, a gift. Awesome. She has it in this gift bag. <laughs> I pull out a, a can of marinara sauce. And you says, didn't you even go. pretend
4: to be grateful? I
2: was just, just like, like oh, why? oh yeah, you know, I don't even really <laughs> like marinara oh. sauce. And then she, <laughs> she had to point it out to me, and I still, like, Instead of reacting like, "Oh, that's me," I still was like confused. Like, wait a minute, it like took—I don't know how long. It felt like an eternity to to sink in. Like, oh, wait, no, we're expect family. Oh, this is great news. So I made her delete it. Yeah. And then no matter what you say in that
4: moment, it's either way too over the top, disingenuous, right. or way under delivering.
2: Yeah. disingenuous. What she was looking for that moment was long gone. Too la- Yeah, you blew it, Jake. Right. And so, uh, with the gender reveal. Prego. thing- <laughs> I like ragu. You need to get pesto or something? <laughs> I don't even like marinara sauce. Um, but yeah, well, Gordon Hayward, obviously he was hoping for a boy. Uh, not the case. We've got a bun in the oven, honey. Well, do you want me to take it out? Well, I don't. <laughs> what do you What do you want me to I do? I didn't hear the timer. <laughs> Matlock's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, Gordon uh, has since had a boy, right, Hayward? He did? I don't know. Oh, I'd have i to go back. Know. I'd have to talk. go back and look. I thought I saw that. So
4: three girls and a boy? I think. Wow. Now That's a, that's a lot of kids.
2: Now I feel like we should be looking this up. Uh, all right. We'll get to uh, Chris Maddox coming up next. We'll, uh, we'll talk some NBA basketball, of course, with Chris. Uh, don't forget, Jazz pregame starts at 5. Coach Lacombe will be uh, in studio for tonight's pre-half and post-game coverage. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.